0: You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between a fit body and positive mental health. And our big mission—it's to help 10,000 runners to develop fitter minds in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to this episode of the FitMind Fit Body podcast, where we talk to Aaron Young. Aaron only recently picked up running about two years ago, and he has just run 356 kilometers. How did he do that? Well, you're about to find out. Today on FitMind Fit Body, I am excited to learn more about my new friend who I've just had a quick chat with, <laughs> Aaron Young. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Very excited to get to know you. Um, Like many people on the podcast these days, you are a referral. So somebody else who's been on the podcast has referred you. So thank you for putting your hand up and jumping in because, sure, it's not necessarily always a comfortable thing. You know, who is this person? What is this podcast? And why do they want to talk to me?
1: Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I I was really excited when, um, when I got invited to come on. So I didn't want to miss this opportunity. Excellent.
0: I found um, there's something about running, especially when people are in a a stage of their running. It could be that they're beginning, the middle, whatever. Um, but they're excited at a point. Actually, you can't stop them talking about the running. So I think it's kind of a bit like that. <laughs> when people get asked to come on, they're often feeling very enthusiastic about their running, which is awesome, and that's what we yeah. want to share. How good that is. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit about. You, Aaron, where did you grow up, all of that kind of stuff?
1: So, I, gr- well, I grew up um, mostly in the northern suburbs of Perth. Mm-hmm. Um, we did live for a couple of years down um, in a small town um, on the southern coast of WA called Esperance yep. um, when I was around about, from about when I was 8 to 10, and then um, lived on a farm a couple of hours south of Perth. Um, it was like a horse stud. Um mm-hmm after Esperance um near um it was near a little town called North Danlup uh so that was like just the end of my primary school years and then uh, when I got to high school I'd um I'd got a scholarship to study um aviation so at that point mum decided that um she wanted to move back up to Perth because she didn't want me up in Perth the whole time and and to not see me so um oh. yeah the whole family moved back up to Perth.
0: Nice that sounds like uh, did you I mean you could jump ahead we'll find out a bit about that in a minute. Well, at school were you into um sports like how, how did that look for you at school?
1: Yeah absolutely I was always in um into sports I think my um I I went to my first West Coast Eagles game and sat on dad's shoulders when I was about four or five years old. Um, And I I played football and cricket since I was about maybe five or six. And, um, you know, that was like uh, summers were cricket, um, Mm -hmm. winters were football. And uh, right up until I I think towards the end of school, I was playing cricket in two different teams. And, um, you know, I was, I played football the entire way through school and, um right up until my early 30s I was yep. playing footy except for a few years where I um <clears throat> work kind of got in the way so mm-hmm. um yeah I've always been someone who um really yeah got around sport yeah. uh, whenever there was an opportunity to go out with my friends on weekends and and play sport or um you know my good friends we'd always go out and um, into the nets and, and um have a hit of the cricket ball yep. or um we'd take the footy, um, out when I, when I was living on the farm, there was, I guess, lots of other activities to do, but mm-hmm. everything was pretty physically active.
0: Can you, in reflecting back as an adult now, and when you were a child, what is it about movement? Do you think that kind of, you know, you were excited about going, as you said, to go to the nets with your, with your buddies, even when it wasn't an organized sort of event, um, what, what was it about movement as a child, do you think, that, that you were
1: excited about and wanted to do? Um, well, for me, I think I I always, um, even now as an adult, I do struggle to sit still a mm-hmm. lot. Um, yeah. uh, so I think just uh, being being active is really important, mm-hmm. but I think also being outside um I I'm currently living like in a bit of a rural setting at the moment. And I, I think uh, I'm much more mindful of the fact that I get to be around um, animals and you get to hear the birds and the, yeah. the trees and all these different things that actually really, I think, make me feel much more happy mm-hmm. as opposed to being inside all the time.
0: Yeah. You've got that kind of, and maybe as a child, that sort of, it sounded like you had like a, I don't want to say nervous energy because I think we all we all do have that 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 kind of you know if we sit still for too long our bodies are saying quick let's we need to go out and move and do things and it, and it makes you feel good too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And look, I have um, in my adult life had um, I have had um, you know anxiety and depression have been a part of my adult life. So um, particularly in in recent times. Um, Mm-hmm. And so, I can definitely see that 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 kind of that would have been there um, mm-hmm. as a younger person. And um, so, I, I found I always find that when I'm out and I'm doing doing something whatever whatever sport it is, that a lot of those kind of things just disappear. Yeah. And that's really what has always drawn me to it.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, so when you were a kid, well. Did you do running at school? Like, I, well, there would have been running at school because all kids are made to run at school. Uh, do you remember what that was like, or is it just some another kind of thing that we did in PE or or sport at school, and that was how it was?
1: Uh, when I, when I lived in Esperance down in the country, because they didn't really have, because um, um, we were a bit younger, uh, they didn't have proper proper like organized footy until you were kind of um okay hitting hitting high school um so there were a lot of other activities to do so i I do remember going down and um there would be like runs along the beach and those kind of things like Mm -hmm. maybe a 5k run or something some mornings um Mm -hmm. but i was always such a terrible runner that, that uh, (laughs) that i never actually really got into running specifically yeah um you know when I was playing footy and um, cricket, the, you know the the athletic side of things was not really my strength. Um, oh, as a footy player, I, I was often someone who was you know uh, like the full back or something. Um, and I was good at reading the reading the play and and getting myself into the right position, but never really um, the kind of player that. Um, would be able to, you know, take the ball and and you know, run, break a pack and run past someone, and wow. um, so, yeah. so, so it
0: sounds like you were really strategic. Like you've got that kind of strategic brain. You could see what was happening in, you know, in a game.
1: Yeah, I think that was really that's always been my strength. Um, yeah. Quite often during juniors, I was um, either a captain or a vice captain, so wow. I had some of. Um, I think I I, I had. Uh, some yeah strategic skills uh, and i guess leadership skills that probably shone through a lot more than my um, you know, my uh, my than my athletic ability
0: wow that's really that's really interesting i love that i love the distinction between the you know, just grabbing the ball and running flat out and in the direction you know you need to go in <laughs> versus, yeah, you know, being able to it, you see it like a game of chess in many ways. And I find sometimes I found that personally that was one of the more challenging stuff, you know, I, when you're playing you know, team sports and stuff, that that uh, it's being able to see what might happen ahead of time. So that's really cool. Yeah. I love it.
1: Yeah, and, and, and when I was in juniors, I, I really did, you know, I did want to play football at a higher level. And mm-hmm. so I worked on the things that I could control. Like I used to sit there and try and kick the ball to myself on both feet so that I had a good good kick. And I I did a lot of things in my spare time to try and get better, yeah. um, which inevitably I, I – I, look, I, I think I, I was playing reasonably well um, mm-hmm. for my ability. Yeah. Uh, but then as it started to get to a point going up to – I did a pre-season um, with uh, West Perth Colts, um, which that's like our, um, that's the waffle competition, which is the, mm-hmm. the level below like, AFL. Yep. And, and it became pretty clear at that point that um, <laughs> my, my pace and my uh, ability to run were, were mm-hmm. probably going to be something that was going to hold me back. Okay. Oh, that's
0: interesting. And We've got some members of my um, extended family who've, you know, gone to that, you know, just under the elite level of whatever sport. I've got one member who did go to the elite level, but it's kind of um, it's interesting to watch everybody's journey and how how that looks and you wonder whether, you know, maybe if you'd spent time running, who knows, you know, when you were younger and decided that is just as important skill as as you're kicking the football and, and those skills specific skills whether that would have made a difference but you don't know do you it's one of those um one of no. those things. and it is you know where you are now is a big part of all of that practice and things that you've done uh, as a child too so yeah I love that um you did you do you have other siblings that was a question I wanted to,
1: to ask. yeah I've got three younger sisters
0: oh okay so because I'm still dying to get to the bit where you got the scholarship and your mum moves everybody <laughs> so, that you, so that you, you know, it, the family wasn't sort of broken up with you having to go away and study and all that kind of stuff. So tell us what happens then. So you, you get to the high school and you get the scholarship. How does that look?
1: Um, yeah, so I started that. Um, we, we actually moved up. Um, we moved up uh, back to where we used to live when we were up in Perth, mm-hmm. which was actually quite a, quite a distance away from the school. And um, so it was still um, a, a fairly decent trip I was Mm -hmm. probably like on the bus and the train it was probably in just over an hour maybe an hour and a half each way yeah um so I did I was lucky that um because I was I was lucky enough that my um Nana and granddad um lived pretty close to the school so I stayed with them one or two nights a week which is which is really good um and it was really great for you know my relationship with them Mm -hmm. um and, and I guess as I got um, more like year eight, I, I found it really exciting. Um, mm-hmm. As I got into probably year nine at school, I started to really, um, I don't know, like being so far away from your friends mm-hmm. on weekends, uh, I, I kind of started to find that I wanted to be going to a school a bit closer to, to home. Mm-hmm. So um, in year 10, I moved back to the local high school. Um which most of the people that I played football with went to that high school. So that was like a really, um, that was a really fun year for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, you know, it it was, yeah, it was a really fun year. Um, I had all the footy boys at school. Uh, you know, it was great to be able to go out with friends on weekends and, and have a bit more of a social life.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and, you know, maybe I had a little bit too much fun. I got to kind of halfway through year 10 and yeah. Um, the school's kind of saying, "Well, I, I know you want to do. Um, it was TE at the time, but maybe that's not the right path for you because you're not really demonstrating that you're capable of that." Um, yeah. So I had to really then um, I had to pull my finger out a little bit and and start actually knuckling down, um, which I did. And uh, and it was it was shortly after that the school that I was going to shut down, and and um, I moved to a school up the road. Oh, wow. um, well, um, it was just, I guess it was that we, we were living in an area that uh, there was there was five or six schools in a really um, small kind of, um, in this small area. And yeah. then because a lot of the population had kind of um, grown up, the, mm-hmm. there just weren't the numbers there to support mm-hmm. so many schools. Um, and so I moved to a different school and then, went on I went on to study architecture um after school uh and practiced for architecture a couple of for a couple of years uh and and then through a series of events I've um changed careers a number of times I'm I'm now a high school teacher
0: oh I love that (laughs) I'm a primary school teacher well I was in one of my careers many years ago (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> but I also had skipped into nursing and all those other things. Um, I didn't follow up the nursing; only did that for a little while. Um, so yeah, I, I totally understand. I think having many careers is all is the new norm. You know, <laughs> the new a lot of people find after you know, five ten, twenty years from leaving school, um, they look back and they've done quite a few things. That's um, that's a, there's a lot of um, academic stuff in there as well. So you were. Going to university quite a bit, or however you were studying, I assume.
1: Yeah, so I the, the, the architecture, the two degrees that you do for architecture, if you do them full time, um, they take five years. I mm. had a bit of part time um, yep. study in the middle, so I ended up doing it over over a six year period, yep. and then um, which they're, they're both quite demanding courses. And I yeah. <laughs> at that at that point, um, my football was more of a I still played football throughout most of university, but it was more of a, more as a social thing. I I really wasn't as focused on how well I played, but more, um, you know, the, the fun and, banter that we had after after the game
0: which you probably needed with those because I have a child who attempted a little bit of um, architecture as well wow. at university so I do know um, how challenging a course that is so I would think maybe the football was kind of the a little bit of relief from the the hard study as well
1: oh absolutely and I, I um, you know around when you're around a football club there's always someone who's um, happy to have a beer and there's always someone who's mm-hmm. Um, you know keen to have a bit of a chat and a laugh so it, it always you know it's always somewhere that that's a nice place to go regardless yeah. of whether you've had a rough week or whether you're um, you know had a had a great game and you're and you're looking for people to socialize with yeah
0: that's cool and so you practice architecture for a little while and then you
1: moved into high school teaching did you well, get to was- go back back to
0: uni how did that what
1: does that look like there was a there was a bit of a gap in between. I found yeah. when I was practicing as an architecture, uh, when I was practicing as an architect, okay. I I started feeling much more drawn to doing community work. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd done a, a a little bit of personal development work, and so I started um, running an anti-poverty week festival. Well, it was a, it was a little event to start with, but it awesome. turned into a bit of a festival yeah. um, in the center of the city. Uh, with a few friends and um, I also had a little bit of a, um, a stint living over in London for about mm-hmm. seven months. Yep. And so um, I ran, um, I kind of, I was running that festival for about five or six years. Um, uh, and I'd started a, so- a little social enterprise with some with some other friends um, running um, hip hop and performing arts programs in a awesome. school setting. Um, okay. And so I kind of just started to be drawn more into working with young people, um, yeah. but, but running the, the social enterprise financially, I, um, it wasn't sustainable no. for me to keep <laughs> doing it the way I was going. Yeah. Uh, and so I someone suggested to me a program um, that I did with uh, Teach for Australia. Yeah. Um, and, and essentially what the program is is they um, – invite people who have um, been high performers in the yep. I guess the area where they've worked in um, to teach in low socio-economic schools yep. um, and so you you do your your master's degree um, yep. but you also at the same time while you're doing your master's degree you work 0.8 in a, a low uh, low SES school oh, wow. um, so that was a that, <laughs> it's a it's a pretty uh, full-on yeah. Um, it was definitely a very full-on experience, but it was a, uh, it was it was um, it it was a really good way to get into teaching, yeah. Um, which meant that I could kind of get straight into the classroom and That's amazing, you know. And they set you up with a uh, like, um, you know, different mentors to help support you during yeah. that process.
0: So, what do you teach in high school?
1: So, when I first started teaching, mm-hmm. I was teaching visual arts, yeah. Um, and at the moment, I've been working um, on like work studies and workplace learning, mm-hmm. um, helping students um, engage with, I guess, uh, in in conversations about what what might be their pathways moving forward mm-hmm. um, through their education is is the the crux of what what we do with students. Trying to, I guess, the other part of it is trying to bring some industry into the classroom Mm -hmm. uh, so they get a bit of an understanding of how the skills that they're learning in school um, actually relate to the potential work environments that they're going to be in. Um,
0: It's obviously a passion of yours now like I can young people and helping them to succeed in life um, it sounds like it's something that you've really taken to and and it's, you know, like giving you a purpose that's really, you know, more than just going to work for money. Sounds like we all...
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think that, um, you know, I was, I was super lucky in my life, um, you know, um, to have a, a home life that was pretty supportive and particularly mom is, yeah. you know, even, even now is just, uh, super, super supportive and, and is someone who's always there for me. So um, uh, working with a lot of students who don't necessarily have that kind of supportive home life, uh, I think it's really important um, mm-hmm. for, for, to be, um, you know, a role model and also a support structure for young people um, so that they get some level of the same opportunities that I've had.
0: That's amazing. Oh, where do you see that going for you in the future?
1: I'm... I'm not entirely sure at the moment. Um, I did earlier in the year do, did start to do a little bit of uh, work with uh, a lady who's does career design, mm-hmm. um, but you know I think um, I'm I'm in a really good environment where I where I work. Like mm-hmm. the 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 people that I share the office with are really great. So um, and. <clears throat> Uh, I'm getting an opportunity uh, in, over the next few weeks while my boss is on um, long service leave mm-hmm. to kind of fill in for him so uh, I guess that I you know it would be if I, if I try that role and it, and it works out really well then I might have a bit of an idea of where I might want to go yeah. um, but I guess I'm just in the, that process of just reflecting and Mm-hmm. Uh, on what i really want out of life and um what it is that that's going to make me happy um yeah so I, and i'm not in a rush to move because i am in a I am in a pretty good situation
0: sounds amazing so it's incredible how uh, our lives are not in a straight line you know we come we're yeah. in school and then we go and there's this there's a process that you think you go through but actually the reality of most people's lives is kind of more squiggly and around in circles and and it's not a straight line, even though we kind of heard this picture that that's what our lives are like. <laughs> They're not, um, and it's quite fascinating the little turns and twists that we all take, especially and our changes in what is important to us. Changes obviously as we as we go through our lives, that all changes too. So it's fascinating to see how yours has taken, you know, all these little twists and turns too.
1: Absolutely, and I think it's sometimes it's it's really easy to get caught up in thinking about where you want to go. Yeah, but just be when you think about what is actually going on in your life on a day-to-day basis. Right at this point, it, you can, you I certainly, uh, particularly in this last week, have been um, <clears throat> starting to think about that, and mm. you know, there's there's so many great things that I have in my life that I that I'm really really happy with. So mm. it's it you know out of doing that reflection and and just being present to what you what's currently around you 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 kind of can get a, a really good sense of what are some of the things that are that are great
0: yeah I love that that's that um it's not that we shouldn't strive but it's kind of like being able to strive but but also being where you are without having yeah. to strive so it's kind of that it's a funny thing um I've struggled with some of that myself anyway um how did how did you start running? Like here, you are on a running podcast, and we know you've done um, quite a few team sports with cricket and football, AFL, depending on
1: who's listening. <laughs> um, how did running start for you? So it's kind of been a progression from um, like, and it's kind of I've just progressed to it, like I guess organically. Mm. Um, so. In 2017, I um, tore my ACL in my left leg. And so I... A football injury? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So I I did, after that, rehab it and go back to footy for one year. Yeah. But after that, I'd kind of realised that uh, I I didn't really feel comfortable being on the footy field and, Mm -hmm. and the potential of going through that whole thing again. Mm -hmm. and so um during the time where I'd had my um where I was doing before I um got to a point where I could do proper you know physical exercise I I got myself into a little bit of a mess over that period during the rehab period Mm -hmm. put on about 25 kilos in about nine months and I my mental health was shocking and Mm -hmm. um and then it was just getting back into the gym I I did um to start with, I did like F forty five, and I did like an eight week challenge, and lost a lot of the weight actually. Um, and th- which led me into CrossFit, which mm-hmm. I was I was loving. But um, I I have because of football, my shoulders are really dodgy. Um, so I, I was really limited in what I could do. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and so well I, I went in for some shoulder surgery, just at the end of twenty nineteen. Mm -hmm. and I got a bike. Um, I had a bike sitting there from a friend that I had ridden for like two or three years and um, I got, um, so I started riding and I found that I really just enjoyed just going out and I was just doing a 20K loop around our river Mm -hmm. in Perth and um, that kind of of was starting to grow. Um, But 2020 I planned to go on a big, you know, backpacking trip around Um, Southeast Asia which 2020 yeah yeah
0: the COVID (laughs) year
1: yeah so that one ended quite abruptly um so did
0: you go did you start you started yeah yeah
1: I I I spent maybe like five or six weeks in Cambodia and then (gasps) I went to the Philippines to hang out with a friend and I had planned the next three or four steps um Mm -hmm. but um when everything was closing up Mm -hmm. I came home and um, jump. I jumped back on the bike as soon as I got out of um, out of quarantine, and like I, it became my way to just get out of the house because um, mm-hmm. I think for the, maybe the first like six or seven weeks that I was back, I didn't have any work. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd, um, uh, I'd gone and done um, like leave without pay, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and and I guess I started cycling, and it went, you know, from doing. 20 20ks or to you know and maybe one 30k ride and I was maybe riding five times a week to within a couple of months I was starting to ride like 100 100ks two or three times a week and I just was like (laughs) yeah I got I got slightly obsessed with it Mm -hmm. um and and I I I reached out to a friend who um actually I'd met through F45 who I knew was a really good cyclist Mm -hmm. and um we went for a couple of rides and i was talking about maybe riding around australia if the borders opened up and he's like well maybe just you know hang on a little bit maybe you should pick something a little bit shortest to start with so i um i ended up doing like a, a gravel ride we've got a, a trail in WA that's just over a thousand k's long that goes from perth to albany it's called the mundabidi
0: yeah um
1: so I, I rode that down to albany and then i rode rode back up um wow and I spent a month because I was at that time I wasn't like uh, I, I um you know I'd, I'd taken the year off so I kind of was just doing like um, little contracts and yeah. relief work in in the school, um so I had the bit of flexibility to do that and, um, when I came back my knee was a little bit sore so, um I started swimming and and um John who who told me not to go around Australia had said maybe. Put the brakes on a little bit um was training for the 2019 ironman which ended up getting cancelled but um so i went down and started training um and swimming with uh his coach who might now my coach pete yeah. and um at that point i hadn't done any running for like years since i finished playing footy um so um Pete said before I write your program maybe you should just try doing a few runs and just see how you see how you feel and how you pull yeah. up and I did and I, my first run I went on I think it might have taken me like I, I was quite like cardio uh, my cardio was good because of all my cycling and um but I think I, I couldn't believe how much my joints just didn't want to kind of move so, what is, what is but me? I was running <laughs> <laughs> so I, I ran to that, um, the end of my street and back, and it was about a f- just under a 5k run, and it took a little over half an hour. Yeah. And I was like, I was, I felt like I was knackered oh, by the end of it.
0: <laughs> so when was yeah. that? That was, in tw- that was like towards the end of 2020 or something, was it?
1: Yeah. I think that would have been towards the mm-hmm. end of September, maybe 2020. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so then I, I kind of came back to training and I was like, I said to Pete, I was like, Pete, do you reckon I could do the 2019 Man?" And he just kind of looked at me and goes, uh-huh. no, Aaron, <laughs> I don't think you should do the 2019 Man." Uh-huh. So, and but I said, like, once we had a bit of a chat about it, we decided to work towards one the following year. Yeah. Um, and that, I guess that was the start of me running um, was <laughs> – I did the the half Ironman in May, twenty twenty one, and you know a number of like Olympic distance and sprint distance triathlons, and um, you know just kind of slowly started to build up the kilometres. Um, pr- I guess prior to that, I'd never I'd never run a half marathon distance. I, I think I might have run maybe sixteen k's once um, wow. when I was fit during footy, yeah. um, and so. It was just a a gradual kind of building, building up, Um, and maybe I think I ran a half marathon. Um, It might have been like just in training, uh, maybe like March twenty, March twenty-one, or February around that time. After training for about three months, I just thought I'll go and I think Pete had set me about a twenty-k run, and I was like, oh, that's close enough to my half marathon. I'm just gonna go and do the extra K in a bit um, and it was on a day where I think it was like 38 or oh. 39 degrees so me just being me um, I yeah. was I was like well that's that's a good day to just test my mental <laughs> just test my mental grip a little bit so I, I actually overslept that morning so actually when I got out it was like already so like eight thirty, and oh. it was already quite hot And I didn't take water, and I didn't, and I was just, um, yeah. I I was probably, I was regretting it probably around about the fifteen k mark. I was like, oh, I wish I had some water right now. Oh no. (laughs) Um, And I, I guess the other thing that was playing in the back of my head was um, I'd been watching a lot of um, David Goggins, kind of like um, some of his YouTube channels. I was like having all that stuff going in the back of my head about
0: motivation. (laughs)
1: <laughs> absolutely so i was like i just gotta keep going it's got to keep going and um yeah and then that kind of i don't know for me that was that was probably a, b- a big milestone in my running just yeah. ticking that box off
0: yeah and so are you still doing triathlon now not that I mean we're only talking about a year and a half two years ago
1: so <laughs> um i i did well i i've uh i ran the um the the bus Bustleton um, Ironman in December last year, yeah, um, and then I have I don't think I have I've, I've I have only been on my bike a handful of times this year. Um, I guess because I've been pretty focused on on running. Um, Why? Well, I well it kind of happened last year. Um, so I uh, was. Probably the, the, I, I did a race on the weekend called Birdie's Backyard. Yeah. Um, but last year's one, um, at that point, I'd um, only done like a, a handful of um, half marathons and I'd yeah. done one, maybe 25K trail run. Um, and I was, I went because uh, um, Pete uh, was planning to do it last year mm-hmm. um, and was just training pretty hard for it. I, went for a trail run with, with him and his daughter Holly mm-hmm. and, um, and my friend John again. And uh, I was like, I didn't, I had never even heard of uh, backyard ultras um, at that point. And so they, they were talking about the race that they were training for. And uh, I just, I was like um, listening in and I was like, that sounds like a really cool race. <laughs> um, how I was like, can I, could I do the race with you? Um uh, and Pete said, "Look, you've just started your first lot of Ironman training. Um, I don't think you should do it." Um, and so I went and went home, and I looked it up, and I was like, "Well, maybe I would just put my name down just in case." And and so I did. I registered myself, <laughs> and I had a rag Pete up the next day. And I'm like, "I put my name down for it. I know it's sold out at the moment, um, but you know, I'd like to at least have a go at it." And then, like, the next day I got an email to say, would you like a place in the race? (laughs) I went, yeah. I went, yep. So then I rang Pete up and said, I'm doing it now, Pete. And he goes, you know. um, (laughs) I uh, guess...
0: I guess that race, I mean, I hadn't known anything about them until the podcast when I'm speaking to all these West Australians (laughs) and they've been telling me all about the backyard otters. But I guess that race, my understanding of it is, if you know, you could just do one lap or you could do 10 or you could do whatever. So Mm -hmm. it's technically, it's not like, you know, you've signed up for 200 miles and there's an inline and it's 200 miles. You know, (laughs) it's like you can pull out pretty much every lap
1: if you. Yeah. I think Pete, like having coached me now for like at that point for about eight months, knew I was kind of of the the push, personality push. type that I'm going to push myself until I can't push myself anymore. Uh, yeah. And so, um, having done some endurance riding, I really liked the idea of just being able to go for as long as you could go. Yeah. Um, so he sent me a lap, he sent me a limit of fifty k's, um, which is eight laps, and mm. then. Um on the day I kind of I got to eight laps and I was feeling pretty good. So I was like, can I just and it just gone dark. And I'm like, can I just do like one or two laps with the headlamp on? I've never done a run run with a headlamp on. And he was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And and it was um and and it all worked out really well. But and it was just uh, just a fun experience. I kind of enjoyed just the fact that everyone um you, you know, you get to run alongside everyone. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. because it's um, so with the backyard ultras, uh, you know, you're you're doing a 6.7 K loop every hour. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's not a it's not a, a super fast pace, but it uh, it may. And uh, the fact that everyone starts together again at the at the beginning of the hour means that it is a, like quite a social thing, particularly in those first um, 10 laps when there's. Yeah. Um, hundreds of people in the race still, and there's lots of people to chat to and run with, and um, so I really did enjoy that aspect of the race, and um, yeah, so that that was it was quite an exciting experience. But as soon as I I I done that race, even though I only did a shorter one in my first attempt uh, attempt, I really wanted to go back and and have a, a proper proper go at it.
0: And so, how yeah. did you go last weekend?
1: So. Last weekend was my third attempt at a wow. backyard ultra, okay. so um, I did uh, get a chance to do. There's another one um, in in the middle of Perth uh, called Herdy's Front Yard, uh-huh. um, which is was in March. So um, at that race, I managed 28 laps. Um, wow. wow! And which is around about 190 kilometres. It's um, just a
0: bit bit more than you did the first time. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, and then on the weekend, I was um, I, I I ended up assisting Phil to a new Australian record. So mm-hmm. um, the way the race works is that once the second last person drops out, the the last person can only do one more lap. So yeah. I ended up um, assisting, um, which it means I was I was second overall, and wow. I ran fifty three laps, and oh. which is around about three hundred and fifty six kilometers. So
0: this is the question in my head at first is when did the number, the third person drop out?
1: (laughs) Um, So Jess, Jess, who got third set, I think she dropped out around the 45 lap mark. Okay. Um, So at that point it was kind of, uh, I remember the thoughts that were going through my head when I saw that she was dropping out, it was kind of like, some kind there was like an overwhelming sense of like pride and like excitement that I was, I'd managed to get to the, the second place, but also um, uh, there was like this big, like, Oh, <laughs> cause uh, I'd, I'd spoken with Phil, who's um, been the Australian record holder um, over the last two years. And I, I, I knew that he wanted to beat his existing record. Mm-hmm. So although he'd said, look, you know, if you don't get there, I'm not going to hold it against you. Like he's he's such a lovely guy, but I knew that he really just wanted to get to his his existing record, which was 51 laps. So I felt like a bit of pressure straight away to yeah. try and hang in there for as long as I could and make sure that that he got um, at least a 51 lap so he could beat his own um, record. personal record. Yeah. I didn't want to leave him stranded, um, not able to get to get there. Wow. And so, no. that,
0: I just, I mean, my brain has got all these things just popping up at the top of it, like that. just understanding it, like being new to even understanding what the back out ultra stuff is. It sounds a little bit like, because um, I've watched the Tour de France a lot over the years, um, you know, like one person's been decided as, you know, in a team, we will we'll support that person to, to be, you know, the overall winner. And it's a bit like, it's a little bit like that, like, because if you, you're only one lap behind the person who wins, you know, how how do you decide, how did you, or is it you and Phil decide, well, Phil goes, I don't know if I can go anymore. And then you just drop out the lap before. How does does that work?
1: Oh, no, look at the moment, I think um, Phil is just my, he's like streaks ahead of anyone else that he's just such an amazing runner. Um, and look, if I could have hung in there and beaten Phil, I definitely would have. I guess my, <laughs> I I, I, kind of, um, that, uh, I kind of knew that, uh, well, actually, I kind of knew that, or actually I didn't know that I couldn't beat Phil, but I kind of went in at the beginning of the race with the, with the mindset that I didn't want to be focused on Phil or trying to beat Phil because I think that the the thing that i really love about this race is that it's an opportunity for me to try and push my own limits and yeah. so um i felt like if i was focused on feel and i f- you know there's there's that op- there's that possibility um that i might um end up getting to a point that I would think, okay, Phil's got this. I'm just going to give up because the, you know, I'm going to get second, whether I do 47 Mm. laps or whether I do 53. Mm -hmm. So my goal was just to really focus on myself and try to just, if I get back in time and I finish a lap, it's just to make sure that I go out on the next one and give it my best effort to try and finish that lap. So, um, and I think that, that like really helped me, um, just continue on because I, mm-hmm. I, I, and then I found like, um, and, and I'd already, I'd, I'd also set up a little bit of a, um, uh, in the background, I'd said to one of my, um, close friends, uh, John again, that if I, um, just got back and then pulled out and just gave up, um, that he had permission to give me any hairstyle that he wanted to, and I'd have <laughs> to wear that for a week. Um, <laughs> So I, I did that, and I gave my um, I gave my coach two hundred dollars. Like it's the same kind of thing. Like oh, you know, wow. I've got to keep going. Yeah. But actually, the money itself didn't, didn't come into it at all. It was like the haircut. Yeah. I was like thinking about the haircut the whole way around. I was like, no, I like my hair. I'm just gonna keep going. <laughs> <That's hilarious. laughs> so, like, it, it was a little bit of a little bit of. Um, You know, I found it quite funny, but it was also like this little incentive just to, you know, just to get back and just to keep going while I could keep going.
0: So it's a pretty massive thing to go from, you know, just getting into running in the last two years and now to have achieved what you've achieved just recently. That's just amazing. You must be, you know, looking in the mirror and going, wow, when did this um, person who didn't necessarily get their football, you know, to the level they were initially thinking when they were younger, um, because they think, you know, running and and all that, um, and here you are achieving those sort of goals in running. That's it's, got to be pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it, look, it is. And this week's been like a little bit of a roller coaster. I've had times where I've looked at the videos and I've like been in, in, in tears, like just Aww. got really emotional. And um, I think also uh, I, I felt like that towards the end of the race as well, from about flat 50 um, onwards, like as we went through and everyone was cheering yeah. I was like, just you know, just sobbing underneath my sunglasses. Oh, I was oh. just like, I just had like, I was just getting really emotional, yeah. um, and uh, I think as well. But then I go to stages where I'm um, like just really excited about what it, about what it means, what it means to mm. to get to this point, and yeah. um, then to going to being just extremely tired again. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me go upstairs. No. well i've I've actually been really surprised like other than my feet uh, i've because it did rain a lot on the second night so i did get uh quite a few blisters um -hmm. my body has actually recovered Mm -hmm. quite well so there's not been Mm -hmm. um maybe for the first day or two but i I would say if i i feel like i'd be comfortable going out for a five or 10k run um this weekend
0: how do you train for Running um, those kind of distances, well, just being awake for that long.
1: <laughs> How do you actually train for that? Um, well, the training, um, so I guess um, Pete's I think, uh, that, like I would say, a lot of the the, so my training has been set up into kind of it's kind of there's a rough kind of format that we follow Mm -hmm. each week and um as the the volumes increase some of the distances in the long runs have Mm -hmm. really increased like maybe a couple of weeks beforehand um over the weekend I did like back-to-back marathons um one was on trail and one was on the road uh, Mm -hmm. with a friend and um uh, each ses- each week there's usually like a like a more uh, a longer kind of interval session with five mm-hmm. or ten minute intervals in there, which is more focused on uh, like a, a muscular and cardio kind of efficiency. And then mm-hmm. there's usually one that's more of a um, shorter short kind of sharp interval session. So um, I've been doing an interval session like on a Tabata rep scheme. Which Tabata is like, um, it's usually used more in strength training, but it's like twenty seconds on, ten seconds off, mm-hmm. um, and so it's just doing eight sets of that, and we'll do like five, five, you know, five lots of, um, and that might be um, with with a with a pretty substantial break in, and that's yeah. um, that's I think the 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 kind of reason for doing those kind of shorter and more sharp kind of running or or hill repeats mm-hmm. as something else we do sometimes is a little bit around um, like muscle recruitment, mm-hmm. um, but also just getting used to the, the kind of the suck factor of, of this kind of stuff. Like some of those, those sessions are usually, even though they're the shortest one of the week, they're usually the ones that, you know, um, are, are the most uncomfortable. Yeah.
0: I have I have a love hate with with sort of speed work in that I love the first ten seconds fifteen I just love that instant bursting <laughs> I actually yeah. love sprinting um, the moment it starts really hurting I hate it <laughs> you know, it's like it's almost like your body hasn't caught up to the fact that you're running quite quickly or whatever it is um, and being able to do it
1: um, yeah it's a funny kind of thing that goes on in our minds isn't it <laughs> yeah absolutely and, and and in regards to the sleep I think it's just um, just experiencing it um this is the first time that I've gone through two nights without much sleep um I have done some overnight bike kind of um like long long distance bike rides and and Mm -hmm. herdies went overnight um and um the the other thing that's that really did help me this time I I have one of my friends that um I run with regularly. He's a mutual friend. Uh, Chris is a mutual friend of mine and Phil's. He, mm-hmm. He's he's um, like someone who is uh, like just a super positive and, and funny um, kind of guy. And so when mm-hmm. we go running together, um, he would talk about the, the going through the two nights and um, talk about some of the things that happened and um, <clears throat> the fact that he was like, you know, comfortable saying, okay, I'm going through two nights again, um, um, and that that it's possible. I think his confidence also helped yeah. me with my confidence, um, yeah. and so that that was something that that really helped. But I guess it's just, um, yeah, just giving it a go and and seeing what what kind of happens. I mm-hmm. I really tried to not have as, to, particularly on the first night, to have as little caffeine as I could. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I have made that mistake before of like having a couple of Red Bulls or V's mm-hmm. when I've like particularly when I was studying architecture and we had to do all nighters to get yeah. uni assignments in, yep. and then the bill comes due and then all of a sudden, like crash. I, I was I was yeah I crashed. I was yeah. useless, mm-hmm. and There's so ketchup. I kind of yeah I kind of knew that that good feeling of having those uh, mm-hmm. it comes back to you pretty quickly if you um, have too much caffeine or too yeah. much guarana. Oh.
0: So, how do you? How's your running looking now in your mind, and for the future? What What do you see your future
1: is yes, with running? Um, so, I look. The, the biggest thing for me is that running something that's a um, it's a really important important part to, of my like mental health, mm-hmm. um, and so. I mean, there's some parts I I don't necessarily enjoy getting up early in the mornings, but as soon as I'm up and I'm out running, um, I usually am pretty happy. So for me, I know that I'm, one of the things that my coach did kind of warn, and and a few other, uh, um, I see as someone about sports injuries as well, um, Mm -hmm. and I've been warned by a number of people is that I'm kind of coming up to that 18 month, two year kind of window of Mm -hmm. running. And it's a, it's a common time that that if you, if uh, new runners don't look after themselves um, that they that, that can start getting a lot of injuries. So I'm conscious at the moment of, um, although um, I had a good result on the weekend of not um, trying to go too hard because it, for me, it's more important that I get to go out running and I get to um, spend a lot of time, um, you know, out on trails or out on the road. And um, so um, I'm, I've got some stuff. There, There is a, um, there's like a satellite championship in about nine weeks time, yeah. um, which is uh, like a qualification for, um, there's like a, I guess, an individual world championship of backyard ultras um, next year in October in Tennessee mm-hmm. called Big Dogs Backyard. So um, I think I've just, uh, I'm, I've got to be a little bit careful over these next mm-hmm. few months about not pushing myself too hard. Um, and and making sure I allow plenty of time for rest and recovery after, yeah. um, you know what I just put my body through. But I'm, you know, I'm pretty excited to maybe try and qualify for for that event and um and just see how far far I could actually go. That's
0: amazing. And I usually ask, <clears throat> when do you think when you called yourself a runner? I usually ask people that question. When do you think you called yourself a runner?
1: Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know that I do actually I call myself a runner. I wondered
0: whether you were going to say that's why I was kind of hesitant in even asking the question initially. Because mm-hmm. I, I guess,
1: um, look, I I absolutely love going out for a run and I think um, I've been more drawn to it than um I guess the other disciplines that I've triathlon because it probably was always my strongest discipline, mm-hmm. even though that, you know, I was cycling a lot before I started doing that training. Um, but I guess I I, li- I also like the fact that I'm, I guess I can be a little bit of a hybrid athlete and try different things as well. Mm-hmm. I think the, the really important thing for me is that, um, is the being able to stay active and mm-hmm. um, being able to, spend a lot of time in the outdoors and that's really important to um i guess my i would say it's an important part of my identity but it's also an important part of my mental health
0: yeah i love that so do you think you'll have running in your life for how long
1: Um, absolutely for as long as like um for as long as i'm able to run i will definitely be running and um yeah absolutely
0: do you think having those goals you know like the the birdies backyard type of events like having a goal to train for is something that's also important for you is it uh, the way you approach your running
1: yeah i guess i, I am like a quite a competitive person so having mm-hmm. something to um to train for like i do enjoy competing um okay. uh but I, I think like even with my um with with my like when I initially started cycling there was no real event or anything I just enjoyed going out and I I think um often having like if I think about the lead up to birdies it wasn't really until about two or three weeks before the event that I was actually thinking about that on a regular basis I was I was just more thinking about you know uh going out um you know, who am I going to go and run with? Yeah. Um, you know, whether it was like my, my friend, Chris, or just going out for a run. It's just a, it's just a fun, fun way to go and spend an afternoon or, or meeting up with some other friends. And um, uh, I've had a few people come out um recently um who've kind of joined me for a run and they've been on mountain bikes and they kind of joined me for part of the run and then they'll go off and ride for a little bit and then they'll come back and we'll, you know, I, I really enjoy the social side of it and the yeah. the fact that it it gives me such a great lifestyle.
0: Yeah, I love that. So obviously, like one of the questions I often ask people is, "How do you get out the door?" Because especially if you're training for some of these larger things, actually, you know, you don't want to miss too many trainings because it's raining or because it's whatever. Um, it, it sounds like the social side of it help is one of the things that you know you don't want to miss out if you've set up a, to go out for a run with Chris or with some friends or whatever. Um, that's kind of helps you get out the door. That's one of the ways. Is is that the main thing? Do you think that helps you, that motivates you on those days where it's not a day you want to run necessarily?
1: Um, it's it's funny because there's not too many days where I um don't want to go out and run. That's awesome. Uh, so and I mean I, that's probably I am pretty new to the whole thing. So I yeah. guess I haven't gone through that big. Um, you know, peak and trough of like motivation. Yeah. But um generally that's the kind of part of the day that I really look forward to, like if yeah. finished work and um and yeah, get out the get the shoes on and go out for a run. Um I know one of the things I don't often like doing is getting up early in the morning. Yeah. Um and so if I know that I've only got one activity to do if it's just a run or if it's just a gym session that day i'll definitely schedule that for the evening after work um so that i can also have my nice sleep in and i'm really happy about that
0: (laughs) (laughs) that sounds awesome Uh, i totally understand that too although i always like you said i love getting it once i'm out i'm fine (laughs) sometimes getting out super early it's not so easy Mm -hmm. so um Aaron, yeah, because it's, it's also fresh in your mind, which is one of the reasons it's fun to ask you these questions. But if you hadn't started running a couple of years ago, how do you think your life would look now? So, what is your what's running given you? Do you think you might be missing um, if you hadn't taken it up?
1: Well, I think it's, it's hard to say. Like. Mm-hmm what my life would have looked like. I can certainly say before I started getting back on the fitness train um, mm-hmm. after my ACL, like my, my mental health was um, pretty terrible. I was yeah. drinking a lot. I was, I was taking antidepressant medication. Yeah. Um, I was to- completely overweight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, I, I wasn't a healthy person. I, and I'm probably um didn't feel great about myself. So I wasn't a great person to be around. So I think yeah. uh, that's something that running and um, and being a fit person really has given me is that it's just a sense of pride in myself. And mm-hmm. um, and I think it's also uh, like an amazing time to just reflect. Um, it's, it's only probably in the last month that I've started running with music. Um, yeah. I, up until up until recently, I just, I didn't run with music and it was, it's been an intentional thing because, you know, um, when you've got things that are going on in your life, um, whether they're good or bad, um, a little, it might be a little argument or might be something that you haven't done very well. Uh, You know, within 10 minutes of being out in a run, that's going to be the thing that comes to the surface. And then you'll find yourself thinking about that for an hour and I find it's a really good place to process all of the you know the challenges and the, the you know the achievements and the the you know the things that aren't going well in life and um, I've certainly had been running along and just I, I'm having two sides of a conversation with myself <laughs> <laughs> Love it. and I've had people come up behind me on a bike or and I'm like, oh God, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> they would have heard like me just talking to myself like an, <laughs> <laughs> but but i guess that's part of it the, the part of it that i really love
0: yeah i love that it's so true too i can totally uh understand that having done that most of the time myself sometimes i think though you know when you're talking to yourself um maybe they'll think you're on a phone so it's okay yeah you know, this day this yeah. day and age everyone seems to have something in their ear and they're talking to somebody like they by themselves walking down the street and you think oh they're on the phone <laughs> so hopefully that's what they thought about you
1: yeah, until they see there's no nothing in my <laughs> ear.
0: <laughs> a special new sort of invisible yeah.
1: headphones. Yeah, it's a microchip. <laughs> That's it. <a, laughs>
0: just trying it out. So, do you run? Um, we'll wrap up in a minute. I know you've got to get to work. Um, you do you run much by yourself, or is it? Because I know you've talked about running with other people, but you've also now reflected that you also spend some time.
1: Um, I, I I would say probably. Um, <clears throat> I would say probably 70% of my, um, running is probably on my own. I, I, I I probably, I probably might run with maybe one of my long runs on the weekend. And, um, I, I often do a Thursday, um, Thursday evening run with someone else and, um, but the rest of my running, like particularly intervals and those kind of things, I have tried to do those kind of sessions with other people, but um, those are the kind of ones that I think it's just best to just concentrate on, um, on, your own. You know, yeah. on, on, you know, getting getting your technique right and getting your heart rate in the right zones and um, doing all the, the different various things. And when you're pushing that hard, it's, it's often hard to speak anyway, so.
0: It's true. All right. All um, right. Before we wrap up, I've got two more questions. Um, Before we get to the tips, is there anything about running that we haven't shared
1: that you'd like to share?
0: Or have we been
1: thorough? (laughs) I think we've been pretty thorough. I think we've been pretty thorough. Most people say we've been pretty thorough,
0: but sometimes so. um. So, tips, if somebody comes up to you, especially now, you're a newish runner, which means um, it's still all very fresh, you know, how you get started and 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 what you know some ideas. So, if somebody came up to you and said, "Um, Aaron, have you got any tips for me I'd like to start running?" What would you suggest to get them started?"
1: I think one the, the, one thing that I've definitely found uh, really useful is um, reaching out to people who are much better at running than mm-hmm. I am. Uh, I think often it, it can be um, a little bit daunting when you see someone who's you know, a really good runner and you're just starting out. But I think um, I've always got a sense from most people that I've spoken to in the community that um, people just want to help each other. Mm-hmm. And so not being afraid to ask someone who um, who you know just to come for a run with you and, and just to, to reach out to people um, I've certainly have learned a lot just by going for, for, you know, a run with with someone like Phil or there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of other people in my life that, um, and it was the same when I was cycling just from going um, for, a, for a bike ride with someone who is an experienced rider and, and much, much better than um, I was. Um, you, 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 can, you learn so much just by um, just hanging back a little bit and watching some of the things about things like cadence, things like, um, what kind of things they bring along, um, they can answer questions about uh, what they're thinking about when they're running. Mm-hmm. Um, you know and I guess uh, things like Parkrun can be a really great uh, forum for meeting new new runners if you if you're at the yeah. beginning and and don't um, have anyone that runs mm-hmm. that to actually ask. Yeah. Um, I, and I guess the other thing is um, is to start small. Uh, with whatever you do Uh, I'm I was I guess I'm fortunate that I had a bit of a base from you know the the other Mm -hmm. um, the other kind of disciplines that I've been doing and I've been doing a lot of work in the gym but Mm -hmm. um, you know I've I, I know at times when I have built up my running through quickly after a little bit of a break, that's when I start to get little niggles and, and feel yeah. like I'm on the edge of being injured. So it's just really just to listen to your body and just to really um, not try and um, uh, not overdo it, in the, particularly in that mm. first little bit. Yeah,
0: it can be the thing that stops you then continuing it into the future as well, you know, when you when you do too much too soon.
1: Yeah, and there's nothing yeah. worse than Like the whole point of running is to feel better. Um, is to to think more clearly. And if um, you know, every time you go for a run, both your hamstrings are super tight or yeah. you know, you're you're to a point where um you can barely walk, it's not the kind of thing that you're probably gonna stick with. So Yeah,
0: yeah. And that's the ultimate I aim, isn't it? That we stick at it for as long as possible, if not forever, because it's a very healthy endeavor for for us in many ways, physically and mentally.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, Aaron, it's been amazing to get to know you. Very inspiring, your story. I've loved hearing more about you. So thank you for sharing. Really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much, Michelle. It's been been amazing um, chatting with you as well.
0: Excellent. Well, don't run away straight away. I just want to say goodbye to you um, off the recording. But again, thank you for sharing some time with us.
1: No problems.
0: Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind Fit Body Podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your running journey. So send me a message on Facebook or on the website and let's do it. For a bunch of resources on mindful running that will help you get and stay mentally and physically fit, head over to the website, fitmindfitbody.co and I'll see you there. Plus, I'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week. Hit subscribe now so that you don't miss an episode. And before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast and get
1: inspired to start running. I'll see you soon. Bye.